0: or maybe tuning in for the first time. Um, My name's Mark, and uh, really just really glad that you've uh, taken some time to join us. You're welcome anytime. A number of weeks ago, we talked about living through lockdown, and we know that the lockdown is is going to be loosening uh, over the next little while. But it doesn't change the habits that we learned during lockdown. And we said there was a few things to to monitor, uh, to continue to monitor your relationships. We're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. Finding ways to stay connected, but not just stay connected, to get better connected with other people. Uh, And then second, monitor what's coming into your life. Because... There's a difference between what's, what the, the truth and uh, some of the other stuff that's uh, being broadcast towards us. And so we're always encouraging you to say, have the belt of truth on weighing those things out and allowing, you know, allowing the, the, the truth to grow in your life. And then finally monitor and filter what's coming out of your life. Yeah, because what's happening in your heart, it finds its way out through your actions, through your tongue. Uh, and so, listening to the words you say gives a good picture of what's really going on inside. And and today, uh, again, I hope that as we dig into His Word, that we'd find truth, we'd find words of life that that generate life in uh, in our lives. And so, uh, I just want to start by saying this: Happy Valentine's Day, everyone! Uh, it uh, is Valentine's Day, and you know, I I know that uh, you know Valentine's Day is not always happy for everyone, but I figured. Today to try and just bring a bit of a smile to, to your faces. You probably saw you know maybe chuckled through the kids video. Valentine's Day could be a, an interesting an interesting day an interesting time. Uh, I, I found some cool in case you, you haven't got your Valentine yet and you know your card or maybe you're like whoa what could I do? Maybe here's a few things to inspire some of that creativity. Uh, these are a few that I found. I was like man I just I just had to chuckle. So for the the first Valentine was this one baby Yoda. You know, baby, baby Yoda won for me. And I was like, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's clever. And then, of course, you know, being a Highland Cow uh, fan, I found a couple of these as well. Uh, I like the way you move. I think that was a song. They're, they're all songs, you know. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day. And then this one, you know, I will love you for Heifer. That one's for you, Dennis. And then, uh, you know, but I thought maybe you don't have a Valentine. You're just like, oh, you know, you think, thinking, oh, you know, there's just nobody out there for me. I, can I just tell you, it could be worse. You could be married to this guy who sends this Valentine. I hate everyone but you. You know, I... I think about Valentine's Day, and I was just doing some research on it. It originated in the third century, so, you know, just a couple hundred years after. Uh, Jesus left the planet. This thing called Valentine's Day was uh, uh, started, and it was named after a saint. Uh, it, was, it had some Christian and Roman uh, roots, and they named it after St. Valentine, except uh, they couldn't figure out which St. Valentine it was named after or why. And so it's somewhere in the third century, and they argue and fight about that yet to this day. But it's supposed to be a celebration of love. And on that note, I'd like to ask and give you the title of tonight's message. How's your love life? How's your love life? Yeah, we're going to talk about that uh, today. And uh, we're going to try and keep it PG, but I can't promise. So uh, you've been warned. But you know, COVID, COVID has made it difficult to love. I don't know if you've discovered that, but it has made it difficult to love. There's people that, you know, you don't agree with on social media. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I find those people difficult to love. Or maybe with the lockdowns, it's the lockdown that has affected your, you know, your love life and plans. I know one of the young guys who's in our Young Men's Bible study. He's like, this is just the worst. He's like, you can't get a girlfriend because you can't even meet girls. And he's like, these lockdowns, they, they just, they, they, they suck, he says. And I agree. But it makes it difficult to find love. You know, maybe if you are dating. I remember back in the day, they always, they always gave us this advice that, you know, when you're dating, just, just count on the fact that the other person is always wearing a mask. They're always putting their best foot forward. They're always putting their best impression. They're get, you're getting the best version of them on every date you go on. They're wearing a mask. It's not who they really are. Just wait till you're married. Well, now they're wearing multiple masks. Uh, at least two, maybe three. You don't even get to see what their face looks like while you're dating them. You know, marriages, we found marriages as well that through COVID, marriages and the, and the love that was once shared has seemed to disappear. You know, it's like they've lost that loving feeling. It's gone, gone, gone. Oh, oh, whoa. Oh. You know, for some, it's been church. You wonder, how do we love the world the way Jesus called us to love the world when you're not even allowed to interact with the world and and everybody's scared of everybody? How do we find ways to love the world? It's become more difficult. You know, even faith itself, this week, if you've been reading through the New Testament with us, you'd read through Matthew 24 and where Jesus says that at the end of time, at the end of the world, before, before his return, he says there's a number of things that are going to happen, but one of those is that, that the love of many will grow cold. That the love of many will grow cold. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of those where the, where the love has grown cold. And love's, love's a tricky word. Love's a tricky word. You know, I, I, it, it's complicated, it's misused, it's confused, it's abused. You know, when we think about it being complicated... You know, love is for somebody to say trying to describe it. Like, well, love is love, whatever you want love to be like, and like, uh, yeah, it's it's complicated. Facebook has a relational status just for that. You know, what's your relation? Uh, it's complicated. Let's let's not talk about that. Love's been misused, you know, the word like, I, I love you, honey, you know, I and, and, you know, I love our dog, and, and I love, you know, that, that new, you know, pizza they have at the place down the street, and, and I love cats, and I'm like, that's where I draw the line. I mean, that is complete misuse of that word when you start mixing cats with it, you know, but I love you's just been, like, bankrupt because we use it for everything, and then it's, you know, confusing. For some, you know, they, they hear the, the other person say, you know, we just want to be friends. You're like, wait, I thought, I thought we were more than friends, and now you just want to be friends? And, and I thought, you know, there's people who said, you know, I thought you said at the altar, like, you were going to love me forever. And now you're leaving? And there's that confusion. And I think of all of those, probably the worst one is this final one, the, the, the abuse of love. You're like thinking, how can love be abused, used as an abuse? But it is oftentimes. And maybe you're out there listening uh, right now and you say, yeah, I, I would say I've been hurt by love. Maybe it was when you were a child where your parents used love as a weapon and they didn't realize it. They didn't realize they were doing it, but they, they, they raised you to try and earn love. They, they loved you more based on your behavior, or they loved you less based on the behavior of your siblings. And that's a terrible way to parent. But for many, that is the case that, they've, that they would say that, that they've been hurt by love or someone that they love this. This week, I, I had the chance to listen to a girl's testimony, and she was, she was talking about how, when she, she was in, high, in uh, just just getting into high school, was, uh, she got her first boyfriend, and he was trying to pressure her into doing all kinds of things, recording herself on, on her phone and sending it to her. and she was like, "I don't know if I'm really comfortable with this." And he used these words, if you really loved me, you would do this for me. And so she obliged and she sent something to him and he uploaded it to an adult website and she's been fighting ever since to try and get it removed. Abused by what she thought was love. And I wonder how many other Snapchat conversations, how many other TikTok conversations and regrets have started with those words. If you really love me, you would do this. Can I just give you some free dating advice to any of the young women or young men? Because it probably could go both ways. If, if the person you're dating ever uses those words, if you really loved me, you would do that. Dump them, block them, unfriend them, whatever it takes. And I promise you, you'll be glad you did. If you're already married to them, I have no advice for you. You know, for some, for some, you know, you try and avoid the, the topic of love altogether. It's like, ah, I, I, I just don't even want to go there, you know? I, I've had bad experiences with that. You know, Valentine's Day, there's a whole group of people who celebrate anti-Valentine's Day. They have anti-Valentine's Day dinners. They're like, you know, girlfriends are too expensive. You know, this way I can just go out with my buddies. And you go, you know, a, a couple of um, years ago... My brother was talking about this anti-Valentine's Day thing. You go, you wear black, you go with your buddies. You don't need it. You don't need anybody else. But I can tell you that even the anti-Valentine's Day things, they don't work because that's where my brother met the woman that he's now married to at an anti-Valentine's Day dinner trying, we don't need love. Well, hey, you know, we can't seem to avoid it. We can't seem to get away from this thing called love, even if we want to. Why is that? You know, some might try... But it's almost like it's, it's hardwired in us. It's like we're created with, with this need for love. And it's true. We, we long for it. We search for it. We sing about it a lot. It's the most sung about topic in the world. There's millions of songs that are written about love. For some, they try and earn it. For some, they try and buy it. It's this ever-elusive thing called love. That, 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 that hole on the inside that they want filled. You know, And the thing about love... He said, it has this profound effect and long-lasting impact on us. I think, just think back to your childhood or maybe, you know, think back to some of the other kids you know. You know, what, have, you, have you noticed the difference between a child that grew up in a, in a loving home where it was like they, they knew that mom and dad loved each other, they knew that they were loved, that as they grew up in that environment, you see, it's very different from others whose, whose homes were broken or who grew up in a spot where they were always unsure or, or worse, that they were felt unloved. It seems to stick with you all the way through life for the good and for the bad. You know, Nat King Cole <laughs> saying these words, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And it brings me to the thought today of Jesus' genius idea. When you think of Jesus' idea of the church, I was just so aware that it is a genius idea. It's almost like he understood all of humanity when he came up with this idea. That he would build a gathering that would be centered around this one thing called love. That it would be centered around this one thing called love. You know, and the enemy has attacked that from day one. You know, we said last week that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not, will not uh, stand against it. But that doesn't mean they won't try. And it's, it's like the, the, <laughs> the enemy has decided to, to try and, and create or, or um, yeah, create a counterfeit. A knockoff version of love that has been peddling to anybody who will buy it ever since. You know, I remember on my first missions trip to Venezuela. I, that's where I became acquainted with knockoffs and counterfeits, and I didn't realize it. You know, you go down to the market to buy souvenirs, and there they are, and they're selling their gold chains. And like, oh, I'm like, man, I'm like 13, 14, whatever. I can't afford gold chains. Like, oh yes, you can. And they're showing you, and they, you know, they they grab their lighter out and they they run the lighter underneath to prove that it's real gold. And I don't know how that proves, but I was like that's incredible that I can even afford a gold chain. I'm like, I want to buy one for my mom. And so, you know, I bought the gold chain. And later on, like not even a day later, as I'm as I'm holding this gold, I'm like, you know, trying to bite it to see if it's real and rubbing it. Doesn't the gold come off the plastic? And I was like, how is that possible? But I didn't really learn my lesson because, you know, the, the final day before we get to go home, I'm, we go out to buy souvenirs once again, and as I'm in the place, they, the guy's like, "Hey, you can get these genuine sunglasses, genuine Oakley sunglasses, valued at two hundred dollars. We have them for ten dollars." I'm like, "Man, it's incredible what those sunglass companies do for these poor countries." I'm going to, I'm going to buy my, you know what? I'm going to buy three, then I can go home and sell a couple pairs and pay for part of my trip, right? And, and I go and I buy my three pairs of Oakley sunglasses, and and then I get home and realize I look at them and they're like genuine Oak. Oatleys. I'm like, what's an Oatly? I'm like, it must have been lost in translation, but I felt so robbed. You know, so often we we fall for the knockoff or the counterfeit of love in the very same way. I, I, I was thinking about, I was like, how do we, you know, how does, the, how does the enemy actually trick people into this? And I thought of this illustration of it's like a flower. It's like a flower where the center of the flower is, is love and the petals are are all of these facets of love. And it's, the enemy, every time, just gets us focused on the facet, going further and further down the pedal, away from the center, which is love. And it's like this, we, we, we uh, get whatever it may be, the feelings. Oh, we're so, we so love the feelings. All we want is the feelings. And when those feelings leave with the person we're with, we're so, we're so um, a, a, attracted to the feelings that we'll find someone else. That those feelings become what we think is love and it leaves us empty. Or maybe it's, it's the, uh, um, the, the emotions of what, what love uh, brings and does in your life. And it's like you get so hooked on the emotions that you'll actually leave love and just be focused on those. Or it's the physical affection. See, I kept it PG, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, that you get so uh, so attracted to that, that 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 becomes the goal and you get away from the center of the pedal further and further to, to, till you fall off the edge and find out it was, it was empty. You know, maybe it's the actions of how, how you feel when you're doing these actions for people, but, but it just becomes about the actions and, and you lose the love. And sometimes it's about the relationship. That she actually puts so much of your attention and your affection on that person. It could be a spouse, it could be a child, it could be a parent, it could be a great aunt, it could be whatever. But it becomes so much about that person that, that you actually forget what love really uh, is, is designed to look like in that relationship. And none of those things will satisfy. None of them will satisfy. And so what was Jesus' genius idea then? And today I just want to take, take a look at some of the words from a blue-collar fisherman from 2,000 years ago. A guy who, who was pretty wealthy, He uh, had a great family business. Uh, He was working with his dad and his brother. They had a number of boats. He was connected to some high-profile people in the community. And then he met a man named Jesus who changed everything that he ever knew about God and everything that he ever knew about love. And it's this man named John who tells us early on, early on, he would tell us how how Jesus met a man named Nicodemus in the middle of the night. Under the cover of darkness, so the rest of Nicodemus' friends wouldn't know that he was meeting with Jesus. And uh, this week, we've had the chance to watch uh, this, this show called The Chosen. Uh, if you haven't seen The Chosen yet, oh man, I encourage you. I'm not even finished yet, but it is so worth watching. You can find it free on YouTube. It, it, it's fantastic, especially this in, in, in chapters, um, or uh, session 7, where Nicodemus meets with Jesus. And he has these questions about Jesus. Jesus, what are you doing? You know, what's his, what's his kingdom you're talking about? Like, we see what you're doing, but what, what is it exactly? And it's in this conversation that John, as he writes about it, he's an eyewitness, he was there. He, he writes about this conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, and he pauses in one spot, and he writes the most famous words that have ever been written in the history of the world. The most read, the most famous, and here they are, and you know them. John 3, verse 16 Jesus explains to Nicodemus what's really going on. He says, for God so loved. Not just just loves, but for God so loves this world, Nicodemus. You included. He says that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes or whoever puts their trust in him wouldn't perish they'd have everlasting life. Nicodemus, you understand what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm helping you understand that God so loves you. He so loves you. And and, you know, you think that that God's this judge in the sky who's like hates all the nations except Israel and he's come to condemn all the sin. he says, you've misunderstood who he is. Yeah, he hates sin, but he so loves you. Verse 17, he says, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world or you, Nicodemus. He says he sent him into the world that through him, through the son, you might be saved. You know, he looks across that table at Nicodemus. He's like, Nicodemus, you're a loved Do you you realize that? Not just that you're loved. You're loved by God. You know this thing that you're searching for all the time? You don't need to keep searching for that anymore. This this emptiness that you try and fill with religion and try and fill with all of these things that you're doing. The reason that you came to see me tonight, you know, you're wondering, is there something more? Is Is there something that fills this whole? Nicodemus, you're loved. You're loved. Stop looking for it, but believe it. And once you believe it, receive it and trust in it. And he said, you know, he'd say the same thing to us today. You're loved. Whoever's watching, Daryl, you're loved. Owen, you're loved. June, you're loved. Andrea, you're loved. Bob, there's a number of you. You're loved. You're loved. You're loved. You're loved. What a powerful thought. You know, John would go on to write and say, you know, this is kind of how it started. And Jesus began to tell people their love, but he wrote for the next two and a half years about how Jesus lived and how Jesus loved. And he'd actually spend a third of his scroll as he was writing this account down later. <laughs> you know, John was old when he wrote this. He wasn't able to travel anymore to tell his story. So he was writing it down and he's like, you know, I'm going I'm to save the best for last and I'm going to use the most of my scroll for this last week. The final week of Jesus' life, John writes about, about Jesus and how he told them the following words three times in the last, in the last night. You know, the, the big night, the night when Jesus was betrayed and was about to be crucified. John writes about that night and he says, you know, first he washed our stinky feet. We, could, we couldn't believe it. And then he said, you know, do, do like I'm doing for one another. And then he totally changed the whole Passover meal and everything that the wine and the bread meant. And, and our minds were just spinning. And then, and then he gives us another commandment. and We're like, man, Moses gave commandments and God gives commandments. But Jesus, <laughs> you, you, can, can you give us commandments? Can you change Passover? Can you change the commandments? And Jesus said to the man, I'm taking it all and putting it into one. And here's what he said, John 13. He says, a new commandment, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Love one another. He's like, and you know what? The, the other writers help us understand that that, that includes love your spouse love your children, love your parents this way. He's like, love your boss, love your coworkers, love your employees, love one another this way. You know, we often ask in this place, what what does love require of me? You know, we think of our, our marriages and our spouses, and if you're going through some difficulty there, I always ask, hey, you know, I know that they've got flaws, because guess what? Every one of us does, and I know you see those flaws, but my question isn't, what's your flaws? My question is, do you remember what you promised at an altar at the day that you got married? How are you doing with that? Don't, don't, don't worry about them right now. How are you doing with what you promised? And I think if we look inside, oftentimes that's, that's just where God begins to get to work, realizing that we, He's called us to love as we've been loved. And so the question tonight is how, today, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? You know, the truth is that you're loved so that you can love. And it's in that order. You're loved, so love. That's Jesus' genius idea. And here's why. You know, the, just this graph I want to show you, you're loved. You're loved is where it starts. That's a state of being. You know, that's not a, that's not a thing you do. It's, not, it's just simply you're loved. And when you realize that, you believe it, you receive it, you trust in the fact that, that he loves you. You know, it's, it's relational that you're loved by love himself, that you're, you're loved. Do you, do you know that? Do you know that today? Are you convinced? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loved by God. Maybe you wonder, but we'll get to that. The second thought of that is, you're not just loved with nothing in return. Love demands that something is given. That's why for God so loved the world that he gave. And that God demonstrated his love for us. That while we were sinners, he sent his son for us. Is what Paul wrote. He's like, "If, if once love comes in, love comes out. He's like, you're so loved, so love. You're so loved, so love. So love like you're loved. Which is an action, not a feeling. It's an action, not a feeling. Paul would describe it with these words. He says, love's patient, love's kind, love's not jealous, love's not boastful, love's not proud, it's not rude. He said, this is what, this is what love is. It's not what it sounds like. This is what it is. This is, this is how you love. It doesn't demand its own way. <laughs> That's how you know, like earlier, where it said, oh, if you would love me, you would do that. Love doesn't do that. Love's not irritable. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It's not a grudge holder. If you're holding a grudge, it's not love. You know, love rejoices over truth. Love never gives up. Love never stops trusting. Love always hopes. Love endures. Love never fails, is what Paul said. You know, God loves you that way. You know, as we go back to our graph, our chart, you're loved. That's how he loves you. He's patient with you. He's kind towards you. He's not jealous. He's not boastful about, you know, how amazing he is. He loves you. He loves you. You know, and uh, he's calling you to love others. And Maybe you ask that question, man, do I have to love other people like that? And the answer is no. No, you don't have to love other people like that. You get to love other people like that. You get to love other people like that. You know, the same way that God loves sinners, you get to love other sinners, the ones who've done you wrong. Do you know the good news in that is? You don't have to feel in love to act lovingly. You you don't have to agree with others to still treat them with love, especially those online people, you know, who want to say disagree means hate. It doesn't have to, especially not for a Jesus follower. You can disagree and love them all the same. Jesus said, that's how the world's going to know you're my disciples. Why? Because you look different. You look different. The world doesn't love like that, but you do. You can. And how can you? Because you know you're loved. And as an as a, as a outflow of that love, you're loving others. And it's also how the world will know him. You know, I think of that cycle. You know that you know that you're loved. And so you, out of that, begin to love others. People all of a sudden begin to, to see that and realize, wait a second. Oh, wait, wait, I'm loved? You know they're at, they're outside of your cycle. Maybe we can throw that thing up there for a second. This, the the, the your loved cycle. You know as you, as you realize, man, I'm loved, so I get to go and love those around me. And as you love those around me, it's like it, it reaches out. And what happens for them? They realize, wait a second, I'm loved not by a person because it, it always points back to him. They realize, wait a second, wait a second, I, I could be loved by the God of the universe. <laughs> that that I could be loved by him. You know, decades after. Decades after, Jesus demonstrated the greatest love the world's ever seen. He gave his life for us, for humanity. He laid down his life for us. Paid our sin debt and rose from the dead. There's a man named John. Same John. He's in his 80s. He's in maybe his 90s by now. know, if we came up to John and, and saw him. All of his friends who had followed Jesus with him are dead. They're gone. Most of them have been martyred or murdered. You know, John would have been through Rome's decimation of Jerusalem in AD 70 Where they just slaughtered 100,000 of his countrymen. And took 80,000 of them captive. You know, the, the early church writers talk about how John survived prison and he survived torture. And then he was exiled to the island of Patmos. Why? Because they were quarantining him there, so he'd stop spreading the good news. And if we got to meet him there, I'd say, John, John, you, after all of that, John, after everything you've seen, you know, do you still, do you still believe in this message of love? Do you still believe God loves the world? Do you still believe in this message of love one another? Look at what they've done to you, John. (laughs) We don't have to guess what John said. Because he wrote it in a letter to the church. As he was an old man, he wrote a letter to the church saying, let it be known, this is is where I'm at. Not, do I still believe? Yes, I still believe. And and here's here's why. And I just want to read you an excerpt from his letter called 1 John. There's a number of different verses. We'll, you'll see them on the screen, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. But he says this, dear friends, I, I'm, not, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one that you've heard from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another. It's the same commandment. It's the same message that you heard before. Jesus followers, the command doesn't change. It didn't change in the first few decades and it hasn't changed in the centuries. It is still the command to us that we would love one another. He says, but it's also new in this that Jesus lived out the truth of this commandment and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. And that, he says, that was Jesus first and now the church. Chapter three, he says, you see, can you see how very much our father loves us? Like, just same as back with Nicodemus. Can you see how much God loves you? He calls you his children. And that is what we are. Exclamation point. You know, he's like, the people who belong to this world, they, they don't recognize that we're God's children because they don't know him. They don't know him yet. You know, verse 11 says, this is the message that you've heard from the beginning. He says, we should love one another. He says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let's show the truth by our actions. It's the same things that he wrote uh, where Jesus said to, to love one another, to do for one another. Chapter 4, he says, dear friends, let's continue. Let's continue to love one another. It's where we started. It's where we are. Let's continue because love comes from God. You know, anyone who loves, you know, anyone who's patient and kind and, and generous and all of those things to one, to one another, <laughs> they're, they're a child of God and they know God. <laughs> He's like, anyone who doesn't love like that, they don't know God. You know how I know that? And then John would write something that no one had ever written about God before. He wrote, I know they don't know God because God is love. He is love. Like he doesn't just love, he is love. It, it, it is who he, it, it is who he is. You know, I heard this week of a young guy who, came, who just got out of rehab. And, and if you're familiar with 12-step programs, they, they talk about, you know, finding a higher power. Somebody who's going to help you walk through because you can't do it on your own. And as he came out of, the, uh, out of rehab, he, he mentioned, you know, I'm not sure if I believe in God yet or not. He says, so so I've chosen love as my higher power. And I just smiled. And I thought, man, you can't choose love as a higher power and not run into Jesus at some point. Because he is love. You know, and it says in verse nine, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, he says, this is real love. You know why I used to say that? Because there's a counterfeit love. He's like, this is real love. And it's not that we loved God because it's not, it's not what we initiated. He says, it's but that he loved us first, that he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. And that sin's a problem. It's a huge problem, and those of you who know the weight of it, that shame that you feel when you think of God, that guilt, you know the weight of it. But he says, this is how God loved us. He sent his son as a sacrifice to take that away, to lift it up. Verse 11, dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. What is that? That's that cycle. Since you're loved, we surely ought to love. Since you're loved, be convinced of it. Be loved. We get to love those around us, even the difficult ones. Why? Because that's how they see that they're loved and that we might, we might love. You're loved. So love. just want to close with this thought. So what about you and what about me? How is your love life? How is your love life? You know, maybe for you and I look at the cycle, are, are you in that spot? Do you know that you're loved? Or are you still kind of searching? Maybe you're, you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you're still searching in all of these areas looking for it. You're still, you, 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 maybe you've been jaded by the knockoff We're wounded by the counterfeit of love and there's this emptiness still in there. You know, like we said last week, there's a guy named Blaise Pascal, very very, um, famous, very um, brilliant man. He described it as this. He said, it's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ. It is a love-shaped hole that we have inside of us that can only be filled with his love. No other love satisfies that. None of those other petals will satisfy what we need, which is the center, which is love himself. It just won't. So I'm asking you, to be honest with yourself, do you, do you, do you know, have you accepted and received and believed and just trusted that, man, I'm loved? <laughs> not based on my status, not based on my past, not based on what I've done or what I can do, but, I, but, to, but that he loves me. He loves me. Teenager. Child. Adult, it doesn't matter. Do you know that you're loved? Do you know that you're loved? And can I tell you something? You can't receive that until you can believe it. Until you can believe it, that you are loved, that's the first step. And then it's simply to receive that love. And, and that, 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 that receiving love means I, I'm not going to live for me anymore because love causes us to live for him instead. And then finally, to those who are Jesus followers, to the loved, how's your love life? How's your love life? Are you loving like you're loved? Because I think that's the temptation we can say, "Oh, I'm loved. Jesus did everything for me." He's calling us to live out our response to that love. That is how you know it's genuine because it comes back out of our lives. So, how are you doing answering the question in the situations that I'm in? What does love require of me? What patience? What you know? What uh, allowing? What yielding is 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 required of me right now? Maybe a face comes to mind. Maybe a name comes to mind. Who are the people that you feel like, oh, I feel like I have to love? <laughs> Who are those people? And, and what can you do with that? You know, I think about this, and I just leave with this thought. You know, based on last week where we talked about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, the truth is we become like those we hang around with. And the more that you hang out, spend time with love himself, believe me, he just says the Holy Spirit, the, the, the God of love, he pours out his love in our hearts. That the more that you spend time knowing him, the more that you just say, God, I want to know, because it's relational. God, I want to know you love through me. I can promise you that he will. I can promise you that he'll change that. But it starts with knowing that you're loved by him, loved by him. And so tonight, today, whatever it may be for you, I want to close with a few questions. Some things to dig down a little. And see what Holy Spirit is wanting to bring out in your life. And so if you have the chance to do this with a group of people, awesome. If you're going to join one of our small group services this week, maybe you'll have some time to process before before then. But to really wrestle with some of these questions, and so we'll throw them up on the screen here as well. What jumped out at you from today's message? What was it that as we looked at this that you're like, oh, that one kind of hit home? Maybe for some of you, you got to break up with somebody Maybe for some of you, it is like, okay, that there's this person that I thought I didn't have to love, but now I know I get to. What is it that jumped out? Second, how would you have defined the word love before today? How would you have defined it? Would it have been somewhere feeling some of those other petals, or would it have been in the way that Jesus describes love, or in the way Paul describes love in 1 Corinthians? And then third, where do you see yourself in He should be the, where do you see yourself in the love cycle right now? That love cycle of, you're loved, so love like you're loved. Where do you see yourself in there right now? And why would you put it in that spot? And then finally, are there people in your life that you feel you have to love? Did some names and faces come to mind? And what do you think God's asking you to do in those situations? Can we pray? Heavenly Father, I'm just grateful for your love because you've changed my life as a result. Lord, as we live in a world that's just so searching, so empty, so broken. I just ask even tonight that we would have our eyes opened to experience your love in such a powerful way. As we wrestle these things through the God that you would do something in our hearts even now that would reflect out to those around us, that they might know and see, that they might reach out, that they might reach out to you. Father, we lift up marriages right now, that are struggling. God, would they look to you to to love himself? Father, I pray for families and individuals that are just struggling in this area. God, as they open their hearts to you, would you just... And do what nothing else can. Would you flood that emptiness with yourself? We're grateful for that. Incredibly grateful. Jesus, thank you for what it took that you were willing to die on that cross in my place. Thank you for never quitting, never giving up, for seeing the joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. excited to spend eternity with you till that moment. Help me to love this world with your love. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll leave these. Um, we'll leave the questions up on the screen, give you a chance to uh, to go over them with your group, or maybe you're going to call somebody tonight and, and chat with them on the phone. Uh, whatever it may be, look to what he wants to do in, in and through your life. And... uh Enjoy your Valentine's Day. We'll see you next week.